0: Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the Patrick Lally Show on another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, also known as Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we're going to spend a couple hours here right up till five-ish engaging in energetic and entertaining conversation on some local, state, national news and politics. We will chat with, uh, we'll talk about uh, some reading, we'll talk about some uh, weirdness in the world. Uber producer uh, Dan Peters, you remember that guy, Uh, not here, not here today. It's just me, an empty studio, looking into a dark window in the news pod. Kind of sad, really. But I got you people, right? Right. Oh, yeah, we're all here together having us a good old time, and uh, we will uh, spend a, uh, what am I thinking? How are you listening to this show? Oh, that's right. You might be out there on the radio at Information 1000, KSOO. We appreciate that. You're driving around town, got the windows down, enjoying a beautiful, sunshiny afternoon. Perhaps you're streamed live on KSO.com, which I always appreciate, or the KSO mobile app where you get the one-touch one touch streaming updates all that good stuff and our twitter account at p lally show which will be a little slim today cuz dan usually does most of that but i'll i'll get i'll get what i can up there it's going to be okay we'll we'll get through this together i think dan's back tomorrow let me look at the calendar uh yeah i think so so this weekend as as you know cuz you've been listening to the show for a while and i've been talking about it For a while, let's just say that. Uh, Elmwood Forest Cross, huge success. Can you believe, can you believe how nice it was yesterday? Oh, my, my. So I got to the park about uh, Elmwood Park over there, north part of town, Russell and uh, Quanis area, right along the river, right along the levee. And uh, I got there about eight-ish in the morning, crisp, windy. And I was like, ah, got up yesterday, and the was wind was blowing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be out in the wind all day. But then I had to toughen up. I had to rule number five it because there was a bike race to put on, right? And a uh, bunch of people showed up out there, my friends, fellow team members from Parallel 44 Racing, presented by Sanford Power. We were out there about eight uh, staking and taping uh, and, uh, you know, other race organizers Jaron DeWitt, Michaela DeWitt. Thanks to those guys for coming out. My my friend Big Gene Noble, coming out there and helping staking and taping, and uh, we had a good time. Got everything ready to go, and very slowly the the temperature came up and the wind began to drop off uh, in the afternoon, and uh, people started showing up. We had a we really did have a good time. Lots of great racing, um, good fields in every class, and uh, lots of kids, lots of juniors. And we and then uh, to end the day, of course, we have the big Run What You Brung Expo, which is just chaos. Let's just call it that. Let's, let's admit what it is. Complete chaos, people. There was people in Hulk suits. People dressed as tacos. People dressed as hot dogs. There was a clown. It was that kind of day. But it was really a blast because it really, by the end of the afternoon yesterday, it was fantastic. And I want to thank everybody who made the race such a success, including... My friends at Falls Area Bicyclists who sponsor it, and uh, uh, a lot of of really good people, including the Parallel 44 racing team. Uh, We had a lot of juniors up from Lamars at the Central Junior Cycling Club down there, and it's always good to see them. Just a quality group of people there and some great racers. So another Elmwood Forest Cross is in the books. It was our fifth one, and uh, really excited about what we might be doing next year. We're going to keep doing it. Uh, I'd like to thank the Parks Department for being a great partner in that, Uh, always uh, helping us out whenever we need it, Um, sending some police by just to make sure everything's okay, which is cool. I'm cool with that. And lots of frivolity back in the trees, and uh, I look forward to next year. Uh, You know, if you can come out, the the cyclocross thing is huge, people. It's just a good time. We had a bunch of people come out for the first time, a lot of first-time racers, a lot of new kids and stuff. and. Uh, everybody just is, they always want to see more. And, uh, luckily in two weeks, you can go up to Madison, South Dakota for the Madtown cross. And, uh, that's in, that's a Saturday night, Sunday deal in two weeks. And then in three weeks, frosty cross down in Lamar's and I'll be at both of those. So if you're around, come and say, howdy. I always like to talk to people about racing, racing. It's a good time and it's fun for the community and I appreciate everybody's helping us out. We have a great show for you today. Our guests include Sioux Falls City Councilor Marshall Selberg will be with us. We're going to talk about the goings-on at City Hall, which there are plenty of. The common man is our weird friend of the day, and he's got a lot to talk about, as you know, as he always does. And I'll have the P&L statement just after the next break. Today's topic, Ah, the return of EB-5, your old friend EB-5. You thought it was long gone, but it's back. It's back, people. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 315 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And it's that time of the day when we uh, talk about the news on the P&L statement. And uh, I was noticing a story today. uh, It actually ran. It's a Rapid City Journal story. Okay. That actually published. Oh, let's see. October 11. It's been a while. Been a while. For some reason, it ran on the cover of uh, your Sioux Falls Argus Leader this morning, which brought my attention to it. And, uh. It's interesting. Uh, the story is headlined: Boland says in newly public EB five deposition that Janklow wanted him in peer. This is by Seth Tupper out there in uh, Rapid City, and it's a it's a it's a good story. It's all based on this this deposition in a uh, lawsuit that was taken not that long ago, uh, and it is a it is a continuing lawsuit that is related to our old friend. EB-5, and it uh, EB-5, of course, is the visa program that uh, was used to raise money um, for economic development projects in South Dakota and became a big scandal, a big scandal in our fine state when it kind of blew up because uh, Richard Benda, who was economic, uh, he was the head of the Economic Development uh, Department for the state of South Dakota under the Rounds Administration. Um, following his uh, the the end of the Rounds Administration, uh, Mr. Benda went to work for uh, a dude named Ute Bolin, who had been uh, a, also a state employee, and they had this, oh, let's call it a scheme, in which they raised uh, a lot of money to fund different programs in the state through, by basically selling visas. It, it, you know, it was a, it was a legal program. The, the EB-5 program is a federal program in which people could, uh, uh, foreign nationals could essentially buy a green card if they invested um, enough money, uh, anywhere from 500000 to a, mi- a million was, were the minimums, depending on the projects, and you could get a green card. And so they were able to basically let people buy their way into the country a lot of them, uh, in the end, from China and South Korea, um, which, you know, is fine I, that the the program continues, but it is sort of fraught with peril in other places as well. And we didn't pay much attention to it here in the great state of South Dakota until Mr. Benda killed himself in a field in southeast South Dakota, I believe, over in Charles County, if I remember. If memory serves, in uh, 2013... So this story though goes through the deposition essentially of Mr. Yupp Bolin, who uh, ran the program. So he started this program out of NSU, Northern State University, uh, and it was a, basically a state program under the Board of Regents um, to as part of the International Business Studies program up at NSU. Right? Okay. But at some point, it got it gets to be too big, right? And what youp says in this uh, uh, deposition is that he always thought that the program would get fully, uh, you know, uh, pulled into because he started a private company, essentially contracting with the state. If that all, if everybody remembers that fun stuff, um, but a couple of interesting things came out of of this this deposition. One is this. Uh, uh, relationship with bill janklow who uh was very interested in what you was doing up there at northern and tried to get him to come to pier uh, ostensibly to work in state government i'm not it's unclear what exactly he wanted you to do up there um and uh but to the interesting thing to me in here you know that part about Janklow is interesting that it went back so far um, but to me the interesting thing Uh, is uh, during the rounds administration. And this is what has always interested me about this particular story is the degree to which people in state government in the rounds administration knew the extent of what Hupe and Mr. Benda were doing. And you'll remember that when Mr. Benda took his own life, unfortunately, he was about to be charged with, uh, you know, Inappropriate use of funds, let's say, uh, and Mr. Benda traveled the world uh, working for this program a lot in Asia, and these guys were out you know raising money, and they had done a lot, but they started to run into problems. They started in dairy, right? and you know, we got all these dairies from the Netherlands, and Mr. bolin you yep. only only a Dutchman could have a name like yep. you, and he is, in fact uh, born in the Netherlands. And uh, uh, moved to the United States when he was in high school as an exchange student and then went to college here, yada, yada, yada. But he had connections in the Netherlands. And so he was recruiting dairy farms to South Dakota under this program. And you remember there we have a lot of dairy farms now that we didn't have, big ones. And that's where a lot of these folks came from. And, and it was celebrated as diversifying agriculture and, and the rest and, you know, cheese plants and everything else. And that's all true, Right. But he started running into a lot of competition uh, in that arena, and he started looking for other projects. And what he landed on was the big bad beef plant up in Aberdeen. Aberdeen. And that's where things kind of start going a little sour, if you remember correctly. Um, Because the, 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 the beef plant eventually... Uh, went bankrupt and has been reopened but it was a it was a huge project it was a it was a dream for governor mike rounds and he talked about it often having a beef processing plant in the state of south dakota which we did not have because it was threatening our livestock our cattle industry because we had to ship so far to get the cattle to market right kansas Nebraska and so he had this dream of opening a beef plant in Aberdeen and in fact it was built and in fact it was funded a lot by the EB-5 program under which Mr. Yip Bolin and Mr. Benda were raising money and he said in this uh, in this story by Mr. Seth Tupper before long, Boland said regional centers popped up in more states, those are the EB-5 centers, and South Dakota lost its competitive advantage in the foreign dairy recruitment. I needed bigger projects, he said, and dairy farms were no longer cutting it. I knew Mike Rounds was very interested in the certified beef program. That's how Boland became involved in attracting EB-5 investments for a proposed meatpacking plant in Aberdeen called Northern Beef Packers, which was intended to be process cattle that were certified as bred, born, and raised in South Dakota. The project ultimately went through bankruptcy, leaving $80 million in unpaid debts before it was reborn recently under new ownership as Demkoda Ranch Beef. So that's when Bolin met Benda, Bolin Benda, you dick. And at that time, uh, Richard, Mr. Benda, Dick was round secretary of tourism and state development. And his job included oversight of the G-O-E-D economic development. Governor's Office of Economic Development. Boland said it was clear that Benda and the state wanted this beef project. So I saw an opportunity from, hey, this is a chance for us to become a c- competitive again. So uh, Boland said investment in the beef plant came from Korea and China in two rounds that each yielded about $35 million. More projects followed, and South Dakota's EB5 Regional Center took off. So. That's when he came up with the SDRC, which is the company he created to basically administer all this. He assigned it some responsibility to help management manage the EB-5 regional center. That move, when it was later revealed publicly, became a focal point of the EB-5 scandal among critics who said it, who described it as self-dealing because Bolin had been a state employee under the supervision of NSU when he made the deal with his own company. And then here's what happens right? Then the rounds administration comes to an end and Benda who had previously been overseeing the program the next day goes to work for, you guessed it, Hupe. So that was kind of fishy right there, right? But here's my, here's where it become the rub really happens for me is during the Senate campaign, when Mike rounds was running for Senate, I asked him, if he knew that Benda was going to work for Hupe. And he said, no. I said, you mean at the end of your administration, when he came to you and said, I, I got a job, you didn't ask him where? And the then governor, soon to be senator, said no. Which always seemed odd to me. Always, always seemed odd. Boland said he was eventually directed to completely turn over management of South Dakota's EB-5 regional senator from NSU to his private firm, SDRC. Quote, so it was a meeting between the president of Northern and Richard Benda, said Boland, who did not provide data for the meeting or say who was the president of NSU at the time. They decided that I should go private and do it under contract with the governor's office. Hmm, right there. Do it under contract with the governor's office. An agreement to that effect between the Governor's Office of Economic Development and Boland's SDRC Inc. was signed in late 2009. Boland also left state employment at that time to run SDRC. This quote, G-O-E-D, the Governor's Office of Economic Development, knew what was happening. Northern knew what was happening. Board of Regents knew what was happening, Boland said. That was their decision. It's a fine story. Uh, There's a lot more to it. It's a long story. I have posted a link on our Twitter feed, at P. Lally Show. Something about EB-5 still stinks. And maybe the guy who really knows everything shot himself in a field in Charles Mix County. Or maybe people know more than they've said. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. Agree or disagree with me, you can always reach me via email, patrick at kso.com, or you can get on our Twitter feed, at Show. Throw me a note there. I look forward to hearing from you. Coming up after the news and weather, not with Dan Peters because he's not here, but that's okay. We'll talk with the common man on Weird Friends. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO.
1: 335
0: on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and it's Weird Friends time, and I'm quite pleased to have on the line to start the week, the common man. Mr. Common, how you doing, man?
2: Hey, not too darn bad, Patrick.
0: Thought we'd play a little Irish music just to perk things up.
2: Well, that's a darn good thing. Yep. I mean, everybody knows Irish music is based on joy, <laughs>
0: and sobriety. happiness,
2: sobriety, <laughs> uh, yeah, long natural lives.
0: <laughs> that's right, and that's what we're shooting for. So we've we've come to the right place. Hey, uh, I, I saw something. This week that I, I, I thought you would be, this would be a, a, an interesting thing to get your take on. Okay. Now, uh, you know, we got the state mottos, right? Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, uh, what, <laughs> we're like the sunshine state or, what you know, come and spend your money state, whatever great, it is. Yeah, you know, great faces. Oh, great that's faces. right. Yeah. Great faces, great places. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think Iowa's for a long time was, uh, grow corn here or yeah. something like that. 10,000 yeah. lakes. For Field the, you know, of dreams. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, Nebraska, uh, they had had some goofy thing, like, come here, it's flat. Yeah. Uh, And they changed it. Did you see this? Yes. I saw saw their new (laughs) slogan.
2: I like it. (laughs) It, It's so funny.
0: Nebraska, it's not for everybody. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Finally, some truth in advertising. That's
0: right. That's right. It's beautiful,
2: because first off, you know, of course, now everybody has... Everybody in Nebraska has got their nose out of joint. That This was created by a firm in Colorado, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, duh. they're just all a fluff about it. But they've already gotten, you know, ten times the looks, attention, tweets. If, they, if yes. they're getting paid by the eyeballs, that firm should get a bonus because...
0: Huge marketing.
2: Nebraska, it's not for everybody. I mean, three million sand cranes can't be wrong. <laughs> That's what I would have went with, but I'm not a pro.
0: <laughs> no, you're just, you're just an armchair sloganist.
2: Yes. Oh, you man. know, I, 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 I like to put it out there, and I guess, oh, was taken.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that one's trademarked. <laughs> if putting it on Twitter is trademarked, then oh, is taken. <laughs>
2: oh, my how do, you, how do you spell it? I was trying to, is it uh? Are
0: no, Are you ready? Yeah, uh, I'm ready. Cut
2: hand. Oh,
0: hashtag. And then capital O-H, mm-hmm. capital M-U-H. Capital J E E Z. Oh my jeez.
2: Oh my jeez. Oh, Got it. All right, I'm I'm good now. All right,
0: that's good. Well, I'm trying we're trying
2: to reference it, but you know, <laughs> and these other states, you know, everybody's you know looking down their nose at this stuff, but it's it's they're not doing too much better. No, I've done some research, and this is and it says you know I, I think the the realistic approach Nebraska's taken is is good because I, I, there was a movie. Called crazy people, Dudley Moore back a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. and he he was an advertising exec who who had a nervous breakdown and just started saying the truth about things, <laughs> <laughs> and and sales took off like crazy. He said, you know, like his ad for Volvo, they're boxy but they're really nice, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the cars sold like crazy. So I think they're I, they might be onto something. These guys in Colorado, but but these other ones, you know, you you kind of see through them. You just see that's. It's a nice slogan but you know it's not Ohio. This is the real slogan. Too much fun for just one day. <laughs>
0: ah, you got to be kidding me.
2: You know, I'm I'm you know I'm going to you know I'm I'm just going to say red flag on that one. <laughs> and then, then, then then they're not they're just so darn it's so dumb. Tennessee Made in Tennessee. Oh really? Really? No kidding. Uh, what?
0: That's <laughs> good to know. Yeah. Well, hmm. other than whiskey, yeah. Well, I mean, what's left?
2: Well, uh, Jeep, uh, Honda's. <laughs> I mean, well, that's I don't right. Know.
0: That's right. Uh, Nissan's. Yeah, they make man. those in Smyrna.
2: Yeah, made. Okay, so then then you got South Carolina,
0: mm-hmm. just right. Yeah. Okay.
2: okay. You know, so I'm thinking how conservative South Carolina is. I'm mm-hmm. going. Hey, 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 hey. Might be one of those little hidden dog yeah, whistly things true. that they're that's trying to get across there, but. It's like well, I think, but you know, it doesn't really seem much. So I was trying to think, rethink of things for South Dakota. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've got great faces, great places. Same. Uh, kind of going with this truth thing, you know. Ah. Uh, so I was thinking, uh, South Dakota looks better in your rearview mirror. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: true.
2: <laughs> Life at eighty-three miles per hour. <laughs>
0: 83
2: well you know you never really just go 80
0: <laughs> well, 83 nobody even goes 83 everybody oh. goes 87
2: oh okay well i'm i'm i total no i
0: see we're getting closer to the truth Yeah,
2: getting closer to the truth how about south dakota hurricane free yeah. since forever <laughs> <laughs> i heard that
0: somebody say about nebraska they should have gone with nebraska almost no storm surge
2: <laughs> or, you know, they get uh you know, South Dakota dances with lottery. <laughs> <laughs> but then you or you could get you know you can get down to the really midwestern ethos of it and, and say, uh, South Dakota, not so bad.
0: Not so bad.
2: Or South Dakota it could be worse.
0: <laughs> well, that's true.
2: Or if you really get, you know, get kinda of hoity you can say, South Dakota, you should be so lucky.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, well, you know what I'd go with? Let on me. Oh, my jeez. <laughs> oh, my jeez. If I could get that on the license plates, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, sort of like our, our, our the, the ladies, the church ladies say, South Dakota, oh, bless their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> it just like, oh, we tried so hard.
0: I know, they just never... Got out of there.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: no, we love South Dakota.
2: <laughs> Hoity, yeah, South Dakota. Hoity, uh, Iowa, without all the hoity-toity sophistication.
0: <laughs> South Dakota, eight good counties.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's fun, and I, and I think that they're, they're they're onto something there, just for the fact that they, they, they're they kind of keeping it real. Yeah. And it isn't for everybody. I mean, why? Why? I think well, if you try to make... South Dakota. When you say when people say the Sunshine State,
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I know that there's you know a lot of people out there going, uh, no, no.
0: <laughs> Technically, <laughs> sure, but some days it's sunny and twenty below. So <laughs> that does not that negates like, those two things are not. Trend, you know, they are not consistent with each other. No,
2: no, but uh, but but I think that they'll do well with it. I think that's I think that's uh, but name three things about Nebraska. You know, you've got Sandel Cranes, you've got yeah. Nebraska football. And Old
0: Market. Old I like Hunker. Old Market and Omaha. I like Omaha. But I don't you mind gotta, liking.
2: You, well, damn. Yeah, but you've got to be kind of regional. That's true. Uh,
0: That's a specialty item.
2: College Baseball World Series, maybe. Yeah,
0: no. <clears throat> it's Nebraska football. Go Big Red. We're mm. one and six. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah yeah and he so in, and even that they got taken away from him i mean that was the yeah. one thing that pop, you know, pop up their chest
0: no like, they got nothing it's like yeah uh, even
2: the sandhill the sandhill cranes are thinking about you know vacationing in florida now, <laughs> now.
0: <laughs> well you know what they say common oh it's not for everybody
2: it's not <laughs> for
0: everybody well we'll see how that works out for them and uh we'll keep track of that well, uh, I'm going
2: to get out, as soon as this government governor elections, you know, I'm, I'm going to run a few of my ideas past them and, and see what they say. Yeah, see
0: who comes out the other side on that deal? a <laughs> like, good idea. You, you take a trip out to Pierre on that. you
2: going to keep my powder dry until well, I know we'll, who's, who's running the show.
0: We'll do it here and see where it goes. <laughs>
2: okay. Sounds good.
0: Thanks a lot, Common.
2: You bet. Take care, Patrick.
0: Common Man here most Mondays on Weird Friends. After the break, we're going to chat with Emily uh, Harris. Emily Harris. My bad. She is with Siouxland Libraries. We're going to talk about Read for the Record, which is coming up. And it's a great program. Puts people in schools and libraries and such. Coming up after the break, this is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 348 on the Patrick Lally Show, information 1000 KSOO, and if you listen to this show on a regular basis, you know we're fans of library, we're fans of reading, we're fans of language. We're just fans of the whole Siouxland Library system. And so, we have with us today Emily Harris, who's a library associate with the Oakview branch over there at Third and Bonson. That's not why she's here, but first of all, Emily, thanks for being here.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, So the library does this program uh, every year called Read for the Record Day, and it's pretty cool. Tell us about Read for the Record Day.
3: Sure. It is started by Jumpstart, which is a national movement and um, group. They try to promote literacy, so every child goes to kindergarten ready for kindergarten. And they started Read for the Record, which is um, a special day. And everyone reads the same book on the same day and they keep track of all the numbers and they try and break a world record for the people this, to read the same book mm-hmm. on the
0: same day. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so this year, you. so when did this start? When did you guys start doing this?
3: Siouxland Libraries started doing it in about 2011. Okay. So it started off with us just reading the book at story times and then we partnered with the Sioux Falls School District and it grew from there into what it is today.
0: So uh, last year, the book was Quackers. Yes. By Liz Wong. Yes. What, what kind of book is Quackers? Is this about crackers or ducks or both?
3: It was about. <laughs> <laughs> it was neither. A, <laughs> I believe it was about a duck. It was a duck named Quackers, but mm. I, he thought he was a different animal.
0: Oh, you know what? I so, have seen that. Yeah, now yeah. I, now, once you say the storyline, mm-hmm. now I get it. Now yep. I remember it. Yep. Uh, book by Liz Wong, and it was read to three thousand six hundred and ninety-nine area school children on the same day. Yes. Well, that's quite a few.
3: Yes. So Con- considering
0: year- you're not, you know, you're not going to read Quackers to, you know, sixteen-year-olds, right? right? They don't want to hear no, that. They don't want to no. hear no. Quackers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll throw stuff at you. Yeah. That would, so this nice. is that was for little kids. Like. Yes. Yes. First graders? Second graders? What are we yeah, talking
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, usually we aim for early childhood uh, classes through first or second grade. Uh, anyone's welcome to read the book. We count adults, too, in our numbers. Mm-hmm. That Jumpstart isn't picky about whether they're children or adults. But the kids that like it the most are definitely mm-hmm. about, about five.
0: So what happens on this day? Because it, it, it's not everybody sitting quietly reading to themselves, is it?
3: No, it's more fun than that. Okay, good. So <laughs> <laughs> um, what we do is at the library is we read it during our story times. So this year we'll have a toddler story time at Kaylee. read the book at 10.30 a.m. At Oakview we'll have it read during our Kids Create, which is a craft program. Mm-hmm. Prairie West will read it at Spark. And Ronning will read it at their symphony story times so that they have a special story time happening that day with the Sioux Falls Symphony. Oh, okay. And then... In addition to that, we also work with the Sioux Falls School District, the Sioux Falls Catholic School System, and Sioux Falls Lutheran to bring in local celebrities and guest readers into the classrooms. And that way, even more kids can hear it.
0: And that's coming up, uh, boy, that's this week. Yes. Thursday. Yeah. So uh, how many of these, t- when you say celebrity,
3: yes, like are we
0: talking, <laughs> you know, like BC level celebrities? We're we talking about the mayor. Are we doing, you know, are you going big?
3: We're going big, we got okay. the mayor.
0: You got the mayor. Yeah, yeah. All right.
3: He's going to read this year. And we've got police, we've got firefighters, we've got local media personalities.
0: Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Local media personalities? Yes. <laughs> who, who do you got?
3: Your producer.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah Dan Peters. <laughs> yep. Voice of the Sky Force, the golden pipes of Mr. Dan Peters. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah,
3: we appreciate so,
0: it. Do you know where you're sending him?
3: I don't remember offhand. I've got about fifty schools and about fifty readers to keep track of so <laughs> yeah,
0: send him someplace with like really mean kids. Oh, I no, don't think there are there, any aren't, mean there kids aren't any mean kids balls. first and second grade. That doesn't happen. But but Daniel, <laughs> he'll wrangle them. He's yeah, a wrangler. I believe it. Okay. Give him a difficult assignment. Okay. So he'll be there reading uh this book, this year's book, we've got to tell them what this book is. What's this year's book?
3: This year's book is Maybe Something Beautiful by F. Isabel Campoy and Teresa Howell, and it's illustrated by Rafael Lopez, and it has beautiful illustrations. It is about a community that has really drab, boring streets and mm-hmm. buildings, and this little girl and an artist paint a mural on a wall, and they just transform the neighborhood and make it really beautiful.
0: Oh, that's yeah. a lovely story. Yeah. I You know, if somebody's got to videotape Big Dan Peters. Can you do that? Can you get that so we can put it up on our Twitter feed and stuff I such? will do my best. Okay. Just send a note Okay, over to wherever he is and say, so, if somebody could take care of this for us, that'd be great. Yes, I will. We've made a special request. Okay. Because he'll we do can... a fabulous job.
3: I'm sure. Yeah.
0: I, you've, you, are, you, are, you, are you familiar with that? You have not met him. I haven't met him, no. He's not I'm here today, them yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, that would have been great. It would have been. Well, I'm yeah. glad that he did it because yeah. the man, uh, he's a, he has a great voice. Mm-hmm. great he's very expressive
3: good okay. kids will love that
0: yeah they they love dan yeah. kids love dan mm-hmm. uh and so how many other people you got
3: uh, about 40 or 50 Whoa. readers total
0: that's so, cool so yeah. what's your goal for kids this year
3: um well obviously we'd like to break the record that we had here in sioux falls last year mm-hmm. i'm hoping for four thousand. 000
0: yeah, that would so be i awesome. think we can do it yeah. uh and that's you know people just drop by the library can they where can people go to find like spots where they you know the schedule at the library sure. and such.
3: They can go to our website at studentlibraries.org. And um, yeah. our calendar there will have it. And they can also just stop in anytime during the day. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a book available for them at the desk. Oh,
0: good. And they so can just read it to the kids. And kid. they can just
3: read it to their kids. And then they can either sign their name or put a sticker up saying oh, that they me. read it. And we'll count them towards it.
0: Well, it's a fabulous program. Yeah uh emily harris we appreciate you coming in and telling us about it telling us about it and we hope you'll come back real soon yeah maybe we'll get Dan if you get some sort of recording we're gonna play dan reading the book on the air
3: okay sounds good
0: we could get untold thousands
3: that would be fantastic
0: of adults
3: wonderful <laughs> adults they count the,
0: the read for the sounds record good. program is this thursday at uh, various library outlets and schools across the community ask your kid about it see what happens or just get the book and go read it to him. That would be great, awesome. Also, Emily, thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Coming up after the break, we're going to chat with Sam Gabrielli from KSFY Weather, and then Marshall Selberg, who is one of your city councilors, will be in, and we'll chat about the goings-on at City Hall. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service. 3:58 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. This Saturday is the Trick or Treat Trail Run, 10 a.m. at Paisley Park. 5K, 10K, kids dash, three to ten. 9:30. Ah, uh, there's goodie bags and T-shirts and all kinds of stuff. Go to KSO.com to get more on that. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk with Sam Gabrielli from KSFY Weather. Stick with us. Information 1000 KSOO. Let's- 14 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we're here with Marshall Selberg, who is a city councilor in here in the big town of Sioux Falls from the Southwest District. And uh, I think I have my microphone on, so people know that now. <laughs> but thanks for coming in, Marshall. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, I think this is... You were in before the election because you, didn't you get... Weren't you up this time or was that... The, no, I wasn't up this time. You weren't time. up this time. I was here
1: a couple, three months ago That's somewhere right. in there. That's yeah. right.
0: It wasn't, But it wasn't with the election. You were just in and we were hanging out.
1: And we were hanging. That's fine.
0: So uh, how, I d- how are things going for you uh, with the new administration, which seems like forever ago but has really only been in place now since May not that many months what's your what's your take on the Ten Haken administration so far and uh their policies procedures actions all of that
1: well so far I would say so good overall I'd give them a, a very good grade they've done a really nice job of um reaching out to as you would call it the legislative branch here mm-hmm. of city government and and uh as far as access to things we may need, as far as reaching out or being proactive, I think they've been fantastic. So um, I know the the mayor and his team have really done their best to to again reach out, be proactive. If there's something we need, they've certainly been helpful. As far as I'm concerned,
0: what surprised you uh, that you? I mean, obviously you knew Paul Tenhaken, you knew kind of his background, where he was coming from. Some of that's not really a surprise. What did surprise you?
1: You know, I did not know him exceptionally well before the election. Um I got to know him a little bit on the campaign trail. Obviously I knew his background a bit and did a little more homework as he was officially a candidate obviously. But uh as I've gotten to know him as a person and as a, as a leader, I would say that, you know, um I don't want to overpraise by any means. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's I be mean, careful. Yeah, here. You, know, you want to He might be effect. listening. Yes. Yeah. But no, he seems to be the real deal. He's doing, he's running the show pretty much as he said he would when he ran the campaign. Um, He really, he's pretty even keel guy. He's, you know, there's not a lot of show to everything. He's pretty much works, keeps his nose to the grindstone and keeps to the agenda and and does what he says as far as I've seen so far. So I, as I've said before, I'd, I'd give him and his team high grades to this point.
0: What piece of advice do you have for them going forward in terms of, uh, well, and not a piece of advice, really uh, policy um, that you would like to weigh in on, if you had to, if you had to get them to come your way on one thing, what would it be?
1: Well, I think the one of the the big things that he is working on, or, or it seems to be one of his goals, is kind of getting. I know his team as a city working as kind of towards one goal, and I know he's tried to bring a legislature, us as counselors into that as much as possible they'll always be a little bit obviously we each have a different role and we're not exactly you know department leaders or on the city team as it will employees of his but I think it's important to him to have us all kind of on the same page all kind of talking the same I mean if if we are having disagreements to kind of talk those out and I mean I think we've all had a few where every issue we're not all in lockstep by any means all of us but he's Seems to do a good job of listening. You know, if we might have a disagreement mm-hmm. or we might say, ah, that's not exactly how we see it or whatever, he seems to do a nice job of trying to work in between, okay, you're here, we're here, how do we get in the middle?
0: What have you disagreed with, Mom? Again, it's okay to disagree.
1: No, exactly, and that's just it. And I almost, it, I almost hate to make it sound like politics is too boring right now. But as far <laughs> as a major topic right now, there might be some minor tweaks on some things that he's done. But there's nothing like yeah. on a, a large scale that's gone on so far where I can go. Well, we were really locking horns, and it got this way or that way. It really hasn't yet. So there's I time. Would, yeah. I would <laughs> say in the sausage making of working out a few different things, there's a few different you know angles on how we'd like to go about it or he would maybe we'd mm-hmm. work those out but nothing nothing real as you would say sexy to this point
0: what uh, uh uh let's talk a little bit about uh one thing that's come up recently and that is and it's back uh obviously and that is this uh the handheld device phones talking on the phones uh Janet Brecky told the Argus leader that she is looking at bringing an ordinance that would ban the you basically ban talking on the phone with right. your with a with the phone held to your head, right. right? I mean, that's, now you could apparently still use your Bluetooth, you could, but it, you would have to have your hands on the wheel or not on your phone at least. And uh, what are your thoughts on this as it's coming back
1: around? Well, it should be interesting. I, you know, a lot of times when ordinances come up, it's very rare. The process is, for those out there who aren't familiar, usually you have a, f- a first reading of an ordinance, And Mm -hmm. then if it gets through that, it goes to the second reading. And then if it passes that, it becomes policy, Mm -hmm. becomes law. Um, Very rarely is something voted down on the first reading. Mm -hmm. Usually you generally have the, you know, give the courtesy, as you will, to kind of talk out an issue between the weeks, whether it's a week or two weeks, whatever it might be, between the second. So you kind of hash through the policy. The way I understand it, this is one of the few things that got voted down on the first reading last time. Now I'm not exactly sure how that came about. I've heard a few rumors here and there. I don't know, but so obviously it's not. It's going to be something that's. It's going to be. I would say if we're looking for an interesting topic or a good talking point for a few weeks or months or whenever it's going to come <laughs> up, we're going to have it. Um, there are some, you know, there's a lot of different things to it. Obviously, we want to keep things as safe as possible on the roads. But right now, we do have a texting ban in effect. Mm-hmm. I can tell you for sure, I make my living as a realtor, so I'm basically in my car all the time driving around town. I mm-hmm. can say for sure, nine times out of 10, if I'm just about an offender bender, I can almost right away drive around or look in, and I can mm-hmm. see somebody's texting. Mm-hmm. And
0: you know? that drives you, I mean, if you spend any time driving around or just sitting and watching people, you see them on their phones, Whatever, whether they're I'm talking or texting or looking up a number or looking at the weather Uh, a lot of people looking down and uh do you think that this would solve that
1: i don't know that's just how many laws do we need on the books how you know i was we were looking into i was looking into how often has this one been put into effect you know Mm -hmm. we've got this one which i think is a major factor with it not so much people having the phone to their ear i honestly don't see it that often but not saying I have the all-encompassing, see everything. Mm-hmm. But most of the time I see people texting. So, you know, when you looked up uh, distracted driving citations, mm-hmm. 2012 through 2015 there were 66 total citations. Now, uh, by 2016 they started some driving saturation patrols trying mm-hmm. to attack the problem a little more. Mm-hmm. And it's gone up a bit. 2016 there were 109, last year 100. I think this year so far we're at about 43. So now they're starting to, you know, at least we're starting to kind of Mm-hmm. Emphasize this one, or put it in effect, and and, and that helps. Um, some of the arguments that you're going to hear about how much further do we need to go? Well, how much government do we need? Mm-hmm. I mean, and some say, well, Bluetooth. You know, if your hands free, at least you can go Bluetooth. Well, there's arguments again. For every argument, you're still there's talking. a counter. You're yeah, you're still, still you're talking. Still, are you your distracted? mind is
0: engaged in something else other than driving.
1: Exactly. And plus, how, some people are going to say, well, I don't have Bluetooth technology in my vehicle. I have business to conduct. Is that fair? Some things might come up to the effect where, well, this isn't a state law if mm-hmm. we did this. So, how can, it, how can we make it an effect in a city well, law? Well, we did that with t- texting. That's true. I mean, but then again, some people go, well, some people don't. I'm just bringing up yeah. some things oh, yeah, that yeah. we're there's going a, to discuss. There's a form.
0: lot of there's a lot of facets to it. And um, I don't know that one is, I don't know that there's a solution here. But then you sit behind somebody. I mean, and, and this is still just texting, which is already illegal. And you sit, the other day I was sitting at a light. Light is turning around. Light turns green. Car doesn't move. Just sits All there, the sits time. there, sits there. And I'm, I, at one point I was thinking, I, I hope this person's okay. You know, I mean, did they, did they have a heart attack and die in the car? It's clearly, I mean, what is going on here? And then next light comes up. Here they go. Well, they were just on their phone through an entire light.
1: I think that happens to me once a day.
0: It's just, that is stunning. Because yeah. that means you have completely disengaged from anything around
1: you. Yeah. You know? It's like the guy joked one time. He goes, I was at my driver's test and it asked what you're supposed to do at a stoplight. And I, I almost penciled in, Aren't you supposed to check Facebook? And that <laughs> seems to be how it That's is. Right. Everybody, because it does every day you'll do it. Somebody will be sitting there and mm-hmm. it'll be green for, well, you just described yeah. it. But anyway, obviously, we want to make the streets and the roads as safe as possible how much regulation in that sometimes just educating and making people aware through different programs can mm-hmm. be as effective as to have another law in the books too. So we've but a got good a lot health, to discuss.
0: A good, healthy fine is a motivator. That's for sure. Uh, and, and I don't know. I, I, and I'm not convinced that obviously texting and driving is illegal, but a lot of people, how do you, how, you know, the whole thing, how do you tell? Well, you can always tell if somebody's got their phone up to their head. That right. is, that is true. But it's always going to be a police officer's discretion, and I'm sure they see it just, I mean, they're all driving around, too. They have to know so many times what they're seeing, but they're not, you know, they have to make a judgment call, right? Is it,
1: did it cause a problem? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, so you, uh, how are you going to vote?
1: Well, we, thank goodness we've got some time to study. And as I've, I've gotten to be known for a little bit, I don't rush into too many things, especially in this stuff. I like to make sure I've kind of weighed the pros and cons, and that's kind of what I'm laying out right now. We're going to have a bunch of those. So it'll be, a, it'll be an interesting road in the, the few weeks. Or how, I'm, I'm, and quite we frankly, this came up last week and right. before our council even really brought it up to us, so I don't know what our timeline is. But right.
0: we don't, there's no piece of paper yet. No. So you don't know the details but uh, but you know as well as i do that there are there are people who are uh very um uh fired up about this that they will that there are people who have been pushing for this for a long time who've been working for a long time and they believe in it and so it's going to be a big discussion
1: right well absolutely when you talk about something safety wise and, and you get on this particular topic where you can bring up you know whether you start bringing up statistics like fatalities if that's Mm -hmm. involved or whatever it is I mean there's going to be some passionate arguments on on both sides of it for sure I just don't want to get run over Marshall I think we're all probably in agreement with that (laughs) well it depends on if it's (laughs) you or me
0: then it then the 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 division becomes a little more stark (laughs) at that point but uh uh and it's the other interesting thing about this not to belabor the point but it does divide people For all the issues that you deal with, the budget or, you know, water quality or any of the really public safety, you know, ambulances and all that, texting, handheld devices, distracted driving, nothing gets people riled up more than
1: that these days, does it? No, it doesn't because it it affects absolutely everybody. I mean, it's one of the rare topics where it absolutely affects everybody and you see it daily. So.
0: Absolutely. We're going to come right back with Marshall Selberg. He is a city counselor here in your home of Sioux Falls, South Dakota and the Southwest District, and we're going to chat about some more issues right here on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 433 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we are talking with Marshall Selberg. He is the city councilor representing the Southwest District of Sioux Falls. But, uh, you know, once uh, the election's over, Districts don't matter because everybody gets one vote. Is that right, Marshall?
1: I would say, yeah. You pretty much you don't really section yourself off. You get uh, you get plenty of correspondence from all parts of the city. That part, that much I can tell you.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting that way. It's like the districts are there, but at, when it comes down to it, everybody's everybody's fair game. That's exactly
1: <laughs> right. Well put.
0: You might get uh, you get probably do get some people from your district who come to you because you're the uh that district and they just they don't know who to go to yes absolutely you You get
1: plenty of that and that that's terrific too but yeah you just it's not like you're really you're real territorial coming in going well i'm on this side and you're versus that side. i mean you always council wise you're kind of team wise and you're Mm -hmm. generally when you've got bigger issues coming on you're hearing from everybody from all parts and you feel like you're making decisions that way so
0: one of the things that's uh, gotten kicked around a lot is uh, the public input part. And uh, now that the new administration's in office, we've got uh, different um, uh, rules for public input. Uh, to me, it looks like with, with input at the first reading and, and some of the other, I mean, there's obviously been changes to state law, which require input at all these different meetings. But the, the main uh, city council meeting, uh, Tuesday nights, they're the first three Tuesday nights uh, down at town hall. Um, it seems like that that things have quieted down quite a bit. There's a few people that show up all the time, but it's things seem to have really kind of tempered off.
1: I would say that it's it's calmed down a bit, and I, that was kind of the idea behind it. Just kind of, we want to hear from the people, as we said all through that conversation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about you know cutting people off. We didn't want to hear from any of that. It was a point, kind of a point of we need to kind of get to the point of certain things and people that are there for certain. Um, items of business at certain times of the night instead of having them there till the wee hours or after 9 or whatever waiting and public input's taken forever, kind of keeping that to a certain portion, yet opening up other areas to talk on, you know, when it was in particular to Mm -hmm. an item, you could speak on that too. So I would say up till this point, I think it's gone reasonably well. Because you did,
0: just for clarification, so I remember correctly, you and Rick Kiley were part of the proposal to put it at the end right?
1: Right. We okay. in I- initially said, keep it the same, just move it to the end. And yep. then we came to the compromise where we kept it at the, at the beginning, but put a couple of limits on it where it was three minutes per person and 30 minutes total at the beginning. But we also opened up new avenues where you you used to not be able to speak before a first reading. now mm-hmm. You can speak up to three minutes for that. And that's good. I yep. think
0: that's a fantastic change.
1: Yep. And then it was it stayed at three minutes for the second reading as well. So, and if if somebody needs additional time, the new mayor's been exceptional mm-hmm. at this I mean he he can make a call if somebody's talking, and they've still got some points to make, and we mm-hmm. need to hear him he can go go ahead and he's done that a number of times
0: but there are some uh um suggestions going around of some alterations that I'm not real familiar
1: with, but well, when we passed this as well, I mean again, this was I, we must have gone through weeks and weeks of debate when we put this together, and we all kind of came together on this agreement and then also said you know there there may be a tweak or two as we go down the road we'll see how it goes and and take it from there um we did have a counselor uh get up recently and and, in an informational and again for those who aren't familiar every tuesday at four o'clock we have an informational meeting and that's generally stuff that's coming down the pike that will be at a council meeting soon so your coming attractions if you will and there were a couple of suggestions put forth that she might have in mind for tweaks janet brecky right So uh, th- they may come up, and we may have a discussion again. I don't think it. if, if it I, – I will assume it will be very cordial and a good discussion. It's not going to be probably as long or as nasty or as whatever, whatever <laughs> you wanted to call the last go-around. I think it will be kind of to the point. But I do think we'll have a little more discussion like on some tweaks.
0: Of, what kind of tweaks? What are we talking about?
1: I think in general the main part was um, – Janet or Councillor Brecky had a concern of people on the second reading or the final readings of things. The three minutes she thought was not enough time. Mm. Now there have been a couple people since we've changed this. That's
0: honest. That's not part of the open public comment, but comment on a specific issue. On a
1: specific issue at a second reading. So a second reading is the night when we're Mm -hmm. voting up or down. And a couple times, some people have pushed that three-minute limit. I would say overall. 98% 98% of the time people talk that limit doesn't even come close to it.
0: And you've but got that fancy new thing on the uh, on the podium there with the right. lights. The green, yellow, and red lights. Green
1: and then yellow when they got 30 seconds mm-hmm. left and then red when it's over.
0: Yeah, it makes for more exciting viewing Right over at the watch party at Club David. but Because <laughs> uh, you can you can see when people are approaching the end. Oh,
1: we had to turn the lights down a little because that yellow one would come yeah. up and I swear you could get a sun <laughs> off it because it was like the sun. So and it would just kind of freak people out. But anyway, they, they've Tone that down a bit. So her suggestion for the main point, I think, is she would like to see the second reading or final readings on whatever it might be, be mm-hmm. five minutes instead of three. Now, I, I don't know that that's going to be a, a huge. Yeah. It'll be a discussion. But yeah. no, it, we're, we're not starting from scratch again or anything. But we're doing what we probably said we would at the beginning when we passed this. If there's some tweaks, we'll talk about it. So it looks like we'll talk about it. But up till now, I think it's been going well.
0: Um, the, uh, I only have one suggestion. One, the caveat here, uh, legislators, when they, if any legislator shows up, three minutes hard. Keep that hard and fast.
1: I, I won't give up any names, but one of the probably a couple handful of people that have gone over the three was a legislator not too long ago, and he went over by about. He was, I think he was about four minutes over by the time he got cut off. Oh, so, yeah, he, it's a good point. I, he
0: blew right through that thing like crazy. He never looked down. Uh, Marshall Selberg, he is a city councilor from the Southwest District of Sioux Falls, and uh, uh, we're talking about all kinds of issues. Uh, uh, the ambulance issue is going to be, uh, something we're going to be talking about for some time, I think. Uh, the question is whether or not uh, we should move from a private service contracted, currently it's uh, uh, Paramedics Plus, to a uh, municipal-run ambulance service. W- the, the, the mayor has said, he said on this show, that he wants to look at it. He wants to look into it. Um, what are your thoughts uh, philosophically about going to a municipally-run uh, uh, ambulance service? Clearly, it would cost a lot of money on the front side. But what about the long term?
1: Well, again, that's a, they, looking into it is another thing we do. I, I, as far as if we look at Paramedics Plus, I mean, right now what we're looking at is per their contract, about now it's, it's kind of way ahead of time it seems to be. But now is, it's coming up soon where we have to either approve or not approve their six-year extension. And it wouldn't even take effect. Their extension doesn't start till May of 2020, but it's coming up pretty soon, per how the contract mm-hmm. was written up. Well, this will be decided soon. So, recently we've had uh, the informational meetings, we've had a lot of different uh, meetings as far as we've been studying the issue and hearing about it a lot already. And then, as far as what I, you know, Paramedics Plus, you know, we've got a company that's for all the standards that have been out there for them to hit, which they have to hit. They've met mm-hmm. them and exceeded them.
0: Um, and it should be noted that yes, they have they have met all the markers here. There are con- the concerns about Paramedics Plus sometimes come from some of the issues they had before, and now they've gone through some sort of reorganization. They're under different ownership, but I think the caution flags on on that company have to do with what happened in other markets, not here. Is that fair to say?
1: I would say if there are some, yes. But I think what it breaks down to when we talk about this city and what they were hired to do and here's the standards mm-hmm. that you're supposed to meet and here's your expectations, if you're meeting those and exceeding those and, you know, with the REMSA and them REMSA board would come up and say we've done our homework and due diligence on this and we can't find anybody that we're working with on mm-hmm. here that are unhappy with them. I mean, we've got a company that, you know, they take the downside risk, they handle the operations, the billing, the collections, the transport. I mean... I, at this point, I don't see a reason to change course, but we're not done with this. we we're, we're still mm-hmm. we've got some ways to go on here. But um, to me, it comes down to if you're hired to do a job and here's your expectations and you're doing that job, yeah, we can look at other options. You don't ever rule out anything. Things can always be improved or maybe done better. I don't argue with that, but it's it, hard to change course when somebody's doing their job. I guess that's the simplest way I can put it.
0: And it does seem like at a certain size, Um, larger cities have municipal ambulance services tied to the fire department that's pretty common Um, smaller cities smaller towns often have private then it goes down to volunteer you know right but uh, is there some sort of critical mass do you think for a city at a certain size just it makes more sense to have you municipal I would think so we I mean, still don't know what that size I, is.
1: Yeah, I can't give you the definition or breakdown exactly mm-hmm. where that is, but I would say if there's a portion of there, if you're wondering if we're at it, I would think, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Is is the issue with the fire department, um, and a lot of the firefighters have are trained in life-saving techniques, but there were limits, and I think this has been changed a little bit, but there were limits on what they could do, right? And that was an issue. Is the issue because of the billing, or... Is it because that's what Paramedics Plus is contracted to do, or we just don't want to put our firefighters in that situation? I've never really understood what the conflict was there. Not that it was a big, terrible problem, but there were things that they couldn't do even if they were on scene before the ambulance.
1: I believe that's true. As far as if I could break that down and tell you what that is, I can't right now, Mm -hmm. to be completely honest with you. But, yeah, I'm sure that as far as there's obviously legalities and everything with why that is, and there's probably a good reason why it is. But
0: but it just makes sense that if a firefighter arrives who's an EMT or and is trained, obviously a lot of them are, and they get there before the ambulance, it just seems like they should be able to use whatever tools they have. And
1: I believe to help for the most person. part they do. Yeah. At this point, yes.
0: But there's there is a, there's a there's a point at which they can't do that, right? And. And that always is a little bit weird. And that's one of the arguments for why why do we have this division? Because you've got a private and a public uh, entity and you've just got somebody that's hurt, And that person right. that's hurt doesn't care if it's public or private.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, the feedback I've gotten, for the most part, they work well together. And it's been a pretty good partnership and mm-hmm. the, the stories that you hear back and the, the examples. So.
0: Yeah. We're talking with Marshall Selberg. He is the city counselor from the Southwest District. And we're going to come right back after this short break and uh talk more about city issues. This is the Patrick Lally show, Information 1000 KSOO. 448 on the Patrick Lally show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we are talking with Marshall Selberg. He is a city councilor from the Southwest District of the Great City of Sioux Falls. And uh uh councilor, we were just we've hit uh, the big topics, ambulances and public input and all the good stuff. I want to talk to you about uh, um core city core development so a, f- a little while ago uh a few weeks ago uh, uh so a developer came before the council and wanted to tear down i think it was four houses three on dakota and one on 19th street uh right off minnesota avenue there um and it it got to be kind of controversial because the issue was whether or not these houses were historic it's in a historic district which many people like me were uh surprised to learn that that Uh, particular block was in a historic district Um, but it did does raise the question about uh, what the mayor is now calling accessible housing what do we do in these situations obviously this, this this person the developer bought these houses and you know it's they get to do with them what they want to a certain degree what what? How much authority should the board of historic preservation really have in these cases? Because clearly they have risen to the public consciousness in a way they
1: weren't before. Yeah, that one certainly brought them into the consciousness because I think that did kind of come out of the blue, especially for the developer who had that land. Um, yeah, they did it, not.
0: They, to their credit, they like uh, we need to do some more research. All right. Yeah. right.
1: And they, where we got a little bit caught in the crossfires on that one is that we were kind of. Who were we to overturn something that was declared that way by another, you know?
0: Yeah, but uh, nobody, I, I, am, I have been surprised by the authority that has been entrusted to a board that a few years ago I didn't even know existed.
1: Can't argue with that. No, exactly. (laughs) Is that right? I mean, is that the way it should be? I think that this case in particular has brought that more to light, and that's being looked into more since that one too, yes. But I do think that that was a particular case where a developer, whether I don't want to criticize by any means, but as far as I know that it – it, it took a while as far as, usually when these type of things come up, we hear about it pretty early beforehand, like they kind of prep it, here's what we're doing, we've mm-hmm. made the plans and this is what we have in mind, we've had neighborhood meetings and mm-hmm. conversations and that type of thing. This one was a little different, didn't seem to happen, quite the usual steps, and then it seemed to be like, well, next thing you know, it's historical, next thing you know, some neighbors were against it, He's, the developer seemed a little surprised. And next thing you know, the investment he's made is now kind of hanging there. Now I think it's going to come back around. You know, I think that we're probably... The houses are
0: still standing. Right. They, not, they, they need a, a permit, essentially, to tear them down.
1: And there were some people at the when we were hearing about this at the meeting that were, mm-hmm. oh, we'll get some people together and we're going to buy these and we're going to revamp them and we're going to... Well, that all sounds terrific. I hope it happens, but I don't know that that will. But uh, no, I, I guess in a nutshell, that, that was a little... A different case for sure so
0: it raises a broader question about how deep should the minnesota avenue commercial corridor go because already you're seeing this happen where you've got the parts of those blocks that face minnesota it's all commercial but now in many places it's going to spring or dakota or i don't know if it becomes center at some point but that commercial part of that corridor is really expanding into those neighborhoods. Is that a good thing?
1: It kind of, it sounds like a political answer, but it does depend on the business, on the development, or how well thought out is it, what's going, what What plans have they made, mm-hmm. how far down are we going, what's happening to the people that own these properties. Um, and a lot of times you're talking about houses that are just off of these, mm-hmm. the Minnesota Avenue, that are how homes that are... Sometimes they can be in some tough shape or it might be a perfect opportunity. Somebody, of hey, I might. And that up, is happening.
0: You know, People are you know. rehabbing those houses on either side of this particular block of, of Dakota. Mm-hmm. But do you want to live in a house that backs up to, uh, you know, a, a car lot or Minnesota Avenue or, you know what I mean? So there is a, it's a difficult thing.
1: There has to be a limit. Exactly. Where do you go that fine line? Again, I to me, it would come down to what's the long-term vision planning? Where does it go from here? We're not just going to let one chunk go deep into a neighborhood and go, okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I mean, where are you going and how is this going to work out for the long-term vision? That would be my opinion. Don't
0: we need to preserve a fair amount of that housing as well?
1: I would think so, yes. And especially where we're talking about, you know, as we talk about, as they say, accessible housing. now mm-hmm. is what the mayor and his team are liking to call it in- relation to affordable housing mm-hmm. but i mean a lot of times we're talking about those type of neighborhoods too or we're talking to mm-hmm. houses in those you
0: young know. professionals housing uh, people who just want to live near downtown that it's not necessarily it's not subsidized housing it's not terribly expensive housing just accessible housing i think it's actually a pretty good word but how do you do that that's a rub
1: well i think you take it kind of a case at a time but again with it Mm-hmm. We, we're going to need some vision and well thought out plans to do it. But I think it's kind of a matter of time as this, you know, that's the thing with Sioux Falls. Every time you turn around, there's a new project, a new avenue. Somebody's going into something. Everybody likes progress, but they get a little nervous when it's coming in their backyard. You know? <laughs> that's, and right. That's, that's right. We all are, we're all the same. So I, I yeah. don't blame anybody for that. But
0: Yeah. Marshall Selberg, he is a city councilor, Southwest District. And, uh, you know, lots of big stuff coming up. We'll have to have you back again real soon.
1: Look forward to it. Thanks for having me.
0: Coming up after the break, we'll tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Hey, you know what this Saturday is? Zombie walk. This year's theme is at the movies. Come dressed as your favorite movie character. Registration 1 to 5 at the Elradi Shrine. Three bucks. Get your makeup done from 1 to 4 for five bucks. Walk starts at 5 p.m. at the Shrine. Always a great event. Benefits Ladders of Smiles and the Super Roller Dolls. Coming up on the show tomorrow, Chad Picard of Spoken Sport Bikes will be here talking about e-bikes. Oh, it's going to be a big controversy. Pat Powers, Dakota War College, and the Boon Man. See you then. Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOL.